I mean, I injured myself because I didn't tell my coach that I was injured, and then I played through the injury, which is yeah. stupid. Retrospect, I know that that's stupid. Don't leave a comment telling me how that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shankcast episode 19. Today we're going to talk about recovering from and preventing tennis injuries, something Ouch. that we're all very experienced with, unfortunately. Yep. But I feel like it's just part of tennis. Like, do yeah. we it's know part anybody? Of athletes in general. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I suppose so. Every sport has its I'm trying to injuries. think of a sport where like, I immediately thought of ping pong, but you probably get yeah, in- sure. injured yeah. in ping pong. Dude, those wrists? Yeah. I mean, at high levels, they're oh, insane. Yeah. They're crazy. I think it's anything that you are training, stress. yeah, and your body is under any type of duress, then yeah. you're bound to get some injuries. It's part of it. Yeah. So listen up. We're going to tell you exactly, in our experience, what's most helpful as far as recovering and also preventing injuries and let's start off by sharing quick just really quick rounds we're not going to go super deep into personal stories but just for context for those of you listening so you know where we're coming from and what our personal experience has been and i probably between the three of us we've probably seen just about in our students and like clients we've probably seen just about every type of tennis injury but personally, uh, Kevin, let's start with you and go around. What have you dealt with personally? Personally, really from? quick. Um, back injury, lower back. Um, it was really bad. Self-inflicted knee injury. Um, Wait, what does that mean? What does self-inflicted mean? <laughs> Hit it with the butt it, yeah. cap of his uh, racket. Butt but cap. On backhand? A backhand. Two-handed backhand, butt cap too. I think the left knee on the... Uh, yeah, 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 that was fun. That was a good one. Um <laughs> I, I mean, those are the major ones. I mean, I could go on. I mean, there's a couple of times where I stepped on the court and my left arm didn't work for a while. Um, like wrist injuries, ten, I mean, tendonitis in the wrist, you know, um, just knee tightness. Yeah, yeah I, f- I feel like I'm talking I'm like an old bird, just knee tightness, <laughs> just wrist injury. That's <laughs> what happens when you get old. <laughs> I was trying to think of some old time or like, like disease and nothing came to mind. So I just, I just blanked on it. Um, yeah, I, uh, hurt my shoulder, which hurt my arm and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, really that was my, my big, my biggest injury that caused me to have to quit playing tennis. So. And when you say hurt your shoulder, you, I blew out my shoulder. Everything got torn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tore tore up my shoulder and my bicep and tricep and back and underneath my arm and all of the above. It was a good day. Not really. Sarcastic. That'll do it. Yeah. That's tough. Um, Yeah, I've had a pretty wide range. My most difficult ones have been shoulder. I definitely have some kind of tear issues going on in there, but I've never, never had it looked at. Um, through college, I had a lot of mid back and upper back muscle spasms and, uh, more recently low back, pretty big chronic issue with my lower back. Um, and lots of other small stuff. Like you were mentioning, Kevin, I've, I've had both golfer's elbow and tennis elbow. Mm. While, I feel like that's a teaching, teaching pro totally, yeah, yeah. thing. Just again and again and yeah. again. And Same if you have any that. tension going on and you're on the court eight, you know, nine, 10 hours mm-hmm. a day, then you're going to yeah. start hurting, you know, before too long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've been around the block a couple times. Around the block. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we want to help those of you listening with your issues. And 
Uh, we've given a lot of advice to players over the years. We've seen just about every type of injury there is. And let's start with that. What do you, what do you all feel? I'll start. Are the most common among amateur, like club level competitors? What's most common? Um, I think tennis elbow, golfer's elbow. By the way, golfer's elbow is the one on the the inside, the bottom part, the kind of bony uh, bottom part of your elbow. Tennis elbow is the the more muscly, like top part of your forearm. Uh, both those super common, mostly from tension and uh, just a lot of repetitive. I mean, you, you do something a thousand times in a really restricted, tight, you know, way. I demoed bad volleys a couple, like, I don't know, a month or two ago. And uh, I swear my arm hurt for like two or three weeks uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. I maybe I did like a dozen bad volleys. And I was like, oh, gosh, I wish I almost I wish I didn't do it. Or I'll just do it right handed next time. That's but the right arm. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about my right arm. I can I can toss a tennis ball with, with a golfer's elbow. Um, so yeah, I think those are probably are what comes to mind for me first. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I think um, definitely and shoulder injuries. Yeah. I think shoulder injuries and a lot of time that's technical work uh-huh. on serves or overheads or something you're just stressing um, incorrectly. And yeah, and, and tennis elbow. I think back, yeah, tennis elbow is definitely I think a number one and shoulder, but then I think also back with um, like a lot of serving. People do a lot of weird things, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes depending on the level, like I think the first time people really try to focus on a kick serve. Oh, it's like yeah. so many people just go to the back. I did that for a while too when I was a junior. And I was like, I started feeling like, woo. It's because they see all the pros with the like the big, big arch. art, and they're yeah. like, I'm not flexible, no. but. Well, really? even the, I, mean, I think if you really look at it, it's a lot more in the legs, unless you're Patrick Rafter and, well, poor Pat. But if you just look at the picture of yeah, people you look hitting at the, the serve, it looks like they're like bowing at the bowing back. Their back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But definitely, I think, um, yeah, elbow, tennis elbow. I've, I had a, uh, a bout of tennis elbow. Um, oh, I think another one, too, is plantar fasciitis. Ooh, that's, that's a big a one. one. Yeah. I had that one goodie. really bad. That's a tough one to get rid of, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, yeah, yeah. The My way God. I got rid of it like, was the opposite like you, of every doctor that ever has ever said anything. Because they all tell you to sit down. Right. Basically. And <laughs> I taped it this specific way for a week, 24 hours a day, and wore my Vibrams. And never have had it since. Yeah, it's definitely the opposite. What? Just the for opposite everybody at home, what yeah. are Vibrams? Uh, they're the five finger shoes that have no soles, pretty much. And that no I think soul. a lot of the um, and I know your your wife will one hundred percent agree with me here because she does a lot of footwork. Um, but and I'm talking to Ian for those of you who can't see me pointing. Not Kevin's and, wife. No, mm, that would be me. <laughs> um, and that's something else I don't know. Um, that. Uh, a lot of person. foot injuries are t- are caused from your feet not being strong because we do wear you know tennis shoes and tennis shoes are so flat and so bad for your feet anyways but even running shoes and cross trainers they all have cushion and all kinds of stuff yeah. so as soon as i stopped doing pretty much everything the doctor told me to do then mine went away Sweet. and i've never had it since careers doctors yeah sorry yeah. about that They're like thanks <laughs> Let's go into more of, uh, this actually wasn't on our list, but let's talk about causes because I, I think that's a big thing where, in my experience, I've, I've seen a lot of players get injured. They go see the sports medicine person. They have XYZ treatment, maybe like cortisone shots, 
and they work really hard to recover, but they never actually figure out or address like, well, what caused it in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then like six months later, they've got the same thing coming back again because the same repetitive like stress that, that caused it in the first place hasn't been eliminated yet. And there's a lot of talk about like strings and, and stuff like that. But what root causes, I talked a little bit um, earlier about like the tightness and tension and shortness of like stroke technique. What other stuff do you guys, and we just talked about kick serve, uh, mm-hmm. Other stuff uh, come to mind for you guys for like repetitive think, stuff that causes injury? I think just anything where you're outside the technical realm, like you have some major hinch- hitches or something, some weird grips that you're using and no. stuff like that can get, that cause the tension and the tightness. I think tension and tightness is pretty much across the board, like the number one reason that people are injured in most areas whether it be shoulder back yeah, I agree. elbow no. um you know a lot of it that's why tennis players get it from feeding repetitive balls where your arm's super tight and all you're doing is just using your forearm to feed a million balls yeah. um cardio tennis yeah three hours in a row. times <laughs> go, yeah. go, go, go. <laughs> and and shoulder just you know if you like for me i had a um a definite technical issue with my shoulder which was I swear was the root cause of why my shoulder was jacked. So, and I think a lot of times it's hard for people to understand that you have to fix because it's a longer fix, um, to try to go back and find the fundamental reason of why something is the way it is when you could just go get a core zone shot and feel better and keep repeating. Oh, pain's gone. Right. I can play tennis again. (laughs) Exactly. And so I think that's, that's, why it's the quick pill compared to the year long work that it's going to take. And a lot of people like the quick pill, but it just, it's not going to get better. Yeah, I totally agree. In the sense that stress and repetition, stress uh, and tension, I guess I should say tension that causes stress to a part of your body where you're just like uh, manipulating one portion of the body to make mm-hmm. up for the rest of the body not doing the work. Can you describe or explain manipulating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a big thing is like on the forehand, a lot of people, let's say, don't use their body and they just swing with their arm and then they think like the fall. And so the arm's doing the work and then they're trying to like create topspin so it gets tight and it like turns it over. And it's just, it's just very, I don't want to use the word unnatural, but it, it puts a lot of unnatural stresses on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I be my natural is just like the flow of like, you've built up some doing energy. Right. Yeah. Well, doing it right. But you've <laughs> built up some energy and allowing that energy to dissipate in a natural way where a lot of people, it's so funny where we, um, we work with so many people and when we do the slow motion and, when they see themselves hitting a forehand and then the ball's gone and then they're doing some like really funky extra thing and you kind of look at them and go like, see, you know the ball's already gone so you can't, like what you're doing has no effect on the ball and their eyes go like, oh wow, but I thought it did this, like topspin or sidespin. And I think that, that, you know, and I I totally agree with Megan because I pulled my back and I had a two-handed back end and I kind of, pinned it to the way I was crossing over a lot and kind of reaching and putting a lot of stress on my back. Um, hence later on switching to a one handed backhand. But yeah, I definitely think, um, just repetition using overusing, uh, shots that are very inefficient that cause a lot of tension and stress. It's just going to break. 
I think a lot of um, people who only play tennis and you play six days a week too and you have nothing else that your body is feeling other than just banging against the concrete (laughs) 24-7, that can alone cause a lot of injuries and and not necessarily like – Oh, it does cause tightness because you only use specific muscles when you're playing tennis. And so like hamstring are, is another one that's a common injury of tennis players because we all have weak hamstrings, much weaker than our quads in most cases. Um, and so if you're not stretching properly or yoga or, or something other than tennis, swimming is an awesome one too, then um, I think that alone can cause a lot of repetitiveness and injuries as well. Yeah, something that you both touched, uh, two things really quick. First, I just need to, I, I just ha- my, have to do this. Like, I need to make a public service announcement for using video because this is going to be like the thing like when I get buried like in the ground someday. It would be like my last like word is do video analysis. <laughs> And then you can bury me. That's it's like, your old it's man like, voice. It's like the guy in Braveheart where he's like, freedom, <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> because what Kevin and Megan are both describing is so universally true. And I, it's true for me too. It's, it's true for all of us. We all have little rough edges that, that could be smoothed out. Some of them are rougher than, than uh, others. Don't go there. Don't go there. I'm like speaking, like I'm, I'm going inside my my body and feeling my backhand like drive. Like, you did that yesterday. We were talking in like a live session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just went to this like dark place for a while and then you like woke up and you're like, oh, I'm talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't share those thoughts. Uh, but I did. Uh, so without video, you just would never, Kevin was just talking about people's response and reaction when we show them like, okay, the ball's gone now. Now look at all the work you're doing. And it's not just after contact, it's before contact too. And at contact and just in general, like all throughout, like moving, the whole, <laughs> just the whole thing. thing. Yeah. So if without video, you would never, I'm speaking collectively, you would never believe what you do on a tennis court with your body and with the racket without seeing it separate from experiencing it like internally, like actually hitting the ball. And so many of the injuries come from that. Feel versus real. Feel versus real, baby. Yeah. That's my tip of the day today. What is it? Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Uh, So that was number one. Oh, number two was a lot of what both of you just talked about has to do with with being misbalanced, like having one set of muscles way more developed than another one. And this is where I feel really strongly about doing something other than tennis off the court. Uh, Like for me, I didn't learn how to push my hips back and like do an actual squat until like pretty recently. I didn't know how, how, um, overdeveloped like my quads were from just being on my toes my entire freaking life. And then when you try to go back on your heels and like, like hinge back and sit back, um, all of a sudden it's like, that's a really fundamental, like important human mm-hmm. like movement. And every little two year old knows how oh, to do a gosh. perfect squat. I'm so it's jealous, so jealous of toddler right? squats. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible telling you. Because, because I know because I spent like two years of my life, like trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to do it at age, whatever, 36, 37. And it's something that's like built in. And then we unlearn it by trying to be the best tennis player possible. And mm-hmm. you ignore like all the other important like parts of like moving well as a human. And so that's where so much of injury I feel like is rooted also. 
Oh, for sure. It's just that misbalance. All right. So what do you do after you get injured? Action steps. You're going to get hurt at some point, even if you do a great job. And we're going to talk about how to prevent injury as well and kind of our recommendations and personal experiences for uh, avoiding the the injury fairy. But (laughs) the fairy. Even if you're doing a great job, every once in a while, something's going to bother you. What are the action steps that come to mind for you guys first? I think number one, finding a doctor that understands the athletic mindset. Because the problem is if you go to just a regular family physician, in yeah. most cases, they're going to be like, well, just take off uh, two months and then you'll Put be some good. Ice on it yeah, and- <laughs> exactly. And sometimes they don't understand, like, as an athlete, you don't want to take off two months because then it's going to take you another two months to get back. So then you've lost four months. And especially, especially if you're not doing anything on the side. And that's what Sorry. I was just going to say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially if you're not doing you know, cross training or or stretching or anything. Um, And so then it can cause all kinds of different issues as well, mentally and physically. And so I think number one for me is finding a doctor who understands that athletes want to be on the tennis court and they want to be playing tennis, but they also want to not hurt their bodies in a way that's going to hinder them 10 years from now. And so finding that, that quality balance and also not finding there are doctors too, that are just like, ah, oh, let's yeah. cortisone it yeah. up and you'll be out there in totally. five seconds. And you'll there be tomorrow. Here's some painkillers. Right. And, exactly. <laughs> and so it's finding that balance. And sometimes it's more than one doctor. Sometimes it's finding a, a functional, you know, medical doctor as well as a sports medical doctor, as well as a, acupuncturist as well as a, you know, massage therapist. I mean, sometimes it's a combination of a few things, but, um, I think that's like number one to getting on the right path, because if you have people in a, it's like finding a bad coach. If you find, if you have someone in a a high authority, that's telling you something that isn't helpful, um, one way or the other. They can't tell you anything but that. Right. It's like all, all they know and it, the, the blinders are on. Right. They've got the diplomas on the wall and it's... Exactly. And so I think it's finding <laughs> someone that you m- mesh well with and that you can be like, hey, you know, I have a tournament coming up that I need to play. What are my options? And it's not just the doctor that's like, well, you can't play in the tournament and or the doctor that's like, oh, no, no problem. Let's give you three cortisone shots and you'll be good to go in a month, you know? So... It's finding that balance. I agree. A couple of things I would say also is just like figuring out also where, what stage of like where you where you are. If you're a junior and competition is really big for you, that's a little bit different from maybe your adult. And um, because I think one thing is we want all want to play, but there has to be some reasoning within it. Because yeah, I remember I like I had my knee injury. I totally got back on the court way too early mm-hmm. and then it took me even longer. And so I think it's uh, making sure you find a good balance between like reality of like, okay, if I want to play for the rest of my life, do I really want to have this yeah. injury? I really need to take care of it because I think a lot of attitudes when people get injured is like, okay, I'll do the quick fix. I'll get out there and then like, you're in pain. Like, and you're, tough it out. Yeah, and, I'm going to tough it out. Oh, yeah. it's not that bad. Oh. Yeah. And then you Don't maybe, yeah, you maybe could have taken like, you know, maybe a month off and you miss a tournament or whatever, but then you're good for the rest of the year, but you don't do it. And then this like two month time frame that you could have gotten better turns into a six month, an eight month, or I've seen this so many times, like when a, a kid or someone gets a fracture 
it just keeps coming back because they never took enough time to heal. So, the other thing why is, I think the doctor is so important because well, they yeah. can give you that like balance and not one way or the other. The other thing is I would actually say get multiple opinions mm-hmm. and not settle with just one. Cause it's so weird because like with certain injuries, you know, and you get one opinion and the person's like, you got to do this and this is the only thing that works. And then you, you walk into some other guy and they're like, or woman and they're yeah. like, you got to do this. Like, and what sometimes, did, what did he tell you? Like, it, no, no. Well, it's, it's like making stories. Sometimes that other person has a completely different way and yeah. it works and you're like, whoa, what, what? And so I think you should get multiple opinions. Uh, I always love the saying that I think it talks about like um, a person with a hammer always sees a nail. And so if you have a doctor who's only about like, okay, doing surgery. Well, when they see you, they're like, oh, dude, we can take care of this. You get some surgery. Or if it's about cortisone, it's like, you know, I can get you back on the court. We just need cortisone. So I think it's really important to get multiple opinions before you kind of like go down a path of, of, of whatever. And also be reasonable about like where you are. I mean, like if I got injured right now, I totally want to take care of it because I feel like I don't want to have this injury in a year. So if it does really mean me taking off two months and maybe missing some tournaments, that's more important for me to do that. Looking at the long-term picture of where you are. Obviously, if you're like a junior competing and tournaments are, you know, you, it's, it's, those are really tough decisions because yeah, you missed the wrong two months in a year and it really can hurt you or set you back or, you know, and this just sucks. But at the same time, if you don't miss those two months, you could set you back a whole another year because you're you're constantly dealing with injuries. Or so forever, I think it's like me. Yeah. So I think it's really important to get multiple opinions, give yourself a proper time frame and get in the mindset that you want to fix it for good and not fix it as a patch for short term. I think that's so huge where people get injured. They're like, okay, what do I have to do so I can play next week? And you're not thinking like, okay, well, you get to next week, you might get on the court. But you're going to probably injure it again or injure something else. And then you're, you're patching again. You're constantly patching instead of like, how can I solve this problem for good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to a, a thousand, ten percent, just that extra ten percent is important. Agree with, with Kevin and Megan about getting multiple opinions from multiple different types of disciplined people, different backgrounds, uh, different bodies of knowledge. When I, my, the worst injury I've ever had definitely was my lower back. And I, I heard it really badly. Um, and I went to probably a half a dozen different uh, medical professionals, uh, ranging from like sports specific to not sports specific. And uh, basically all of them different types of backgrounds and certifications and specialties and that sort of thing. And I think at the end of the day, like you need... you. For me, like you, I ha- you have to get the multiple forms of input, but then the the kind of other thing I'll add to that is you have to really listen to your your body and its response to each of the different approaches really really closely, because as adamant as all of those people might be about like their viewpoint is the right one, and the other people don't know X Y Z that they studied, and so they're missing like this that are forgetting about this ligament. And so you have to like do it this way. Like for every, you'll hear that story basically from every practitioner that you go to. (laughs) And so it's hard as the student, it's hard as the player because you really want the answer. Like you want it solved like so badly. But I think it's important to keep in mind that it might be some like amalgamation of like a bunch of different pieces of input Mm -hmm. from different types of discipline and, and bodies of knowledge. And 
it takes a lot of patience, um, especially when you're taking time off and it's like, well, I still hurt and I still can't do what I want to do. Um, it's, it's hard, but sometimes it just kind of takes some perseverance and continuing to fight at it. Like if you just kind of get frustrated and say, well, I'm just going to do what this person says, even though it doesn't really feel right and I'm not getting better, then it might just be that much longer before you, you feel well again. Yeah. I think it's important. It's hard too, because I always tell people like, no matter what you're doing, if it's something for your body, you should be doing the research behind it. And finding out what works for you because totally, yeah. what works for Ian might not work for me, and what works for you might not work for you know Kevin or whatever. So, and Our that's with everything. So complicated but the too. problem is, is that now there's so much crap information out there that it's really hard to like do Google searches and find <laughs> information yeah. that's not super biased because and, yeah. yeah or that you're and dying so yeah or that you're dying yeah never look up if you have a cough never look on it's like, like my, knee, knee. Yeah. my knee hurts yeah. oh my god yeah. i need to yeah. amputate yeah. <laughs> um so i think you know it's become like this day and age it's actually become difficult to do research so i think it's really important to find people that you really find trust in and that you kind of have done research on them and their backgrounds and that kind of stuff yeah. um, because it's just really hard to go. You, you, 10 years ago, you could go out and you could Google search and you could really find like good information and try to research and do different stuff. And now there's just, there's so much out there. I was, this is totally off subject, but I was searching for new dog food for our dog and I literally <laughs> could not. And I, I mean, I, you're going to get that vegan dog food, right? No, yeah. I do human nutrition sorry, in, for my for my other, you know, like yeah. job. And so, but it's so hard. Like when you're looking, like there was just so much biased information on everything that I could That's not find out like any actual answers. And so I had to start texting like people that I know in the vet industry that I trust and asking them specific questions. And because... I did not understand how to search for what I really needed to find because I was finding like opposite ends of the spectrum. And so, Mm. and I think you can do you, that's with everything out there nowadays. There's just so many, um, so much information. So much. Sorry. I was going to say the other thing kind of, as you were talking, the the thing that comes to mind, because I just think it happens so much is address it earlier. Um, I think it's really a tendency sometimes we feel something coming on or it's a little bit of ache or it's this tiny sharp pain and we're like, ah, no big deal. And you keep going and you keep going and it gets a little worse. You're like, ah, I'll take some Tylenol. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'll take something for it. And like that mask, you get through it. It's like, ah. And then by the time you actually hit the wall of like, okay, I can't. It's like, it's actually been going on for a month or two. And so I would say the, the other thing is like address things as early as possible. Cause I, the other thing for me is I always want to see if I can do, um, do treatment that does not involve either, uh, getting shots or, um, having surgery invasive. invasive. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if I can address the problem before it gets too big and go, okay, I need to start doing this type of icing or this type of stretching or, um, there's a lot of crazy. Or, st- I did a lot of crazy kooky. kooky no. Yeah. Kooky. Yeah. 
off the wall stuff for my. But I mean, I'm just there. saying, just like I think for a lot of people, like like if you injure something, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just play through it, and they just mess it up and jack it up even worse compared to starting earlier. And and then like you know what, I felt this weird thing in my leg. Maybe I need to start stretching before I play and start almost doing some pre pre uh, uh, thinking about it because yeah, I I personally hate the idea of getting surgery for anything. I don't think I've ever had to do sur- or have surgery for anything. I've never you're had. Not, you're not sure. Well, I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. Um, I've, Has anybody ever opened up surgery? your body? No, 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 no. no. Uh, well, yeah. Now I remember. Oh, there was a one time. <laughs> um, chemicals or or um, um, drugs, drugs like shots or something. One time I did have to do that, and honestly, it was. What it was, was it for? It was my back, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I went through. No, it was actually, I was really freaked out because I was like, I'm going to go back and they're going to put me on like cortisone or some like really strong steroids. And it was just a really, really strong anti inflammatory. Mm -hmm. My back locked up for uh, a month and a half. And I thought, bad. yeah, I thought it was like, I'm done. I thought it was a slip disc, something. I did everything. I was, I was, it was heating just pads. like super tight though. It was beyond super tight. I couldn't, uh, I had trouble brushing my teeth and I couldn't comb my hair. Like to lift my arm up above my head was really bad. I couldn't turn my neck. I had to like roll. Literally, I would just like take my body and go take, take a deep breath and then roll out of bed in pain because I just have to fall to the ground and then like get on dog all fours to get up. And for a month and a half, I was just like, okay. And this was in college. I was like, I'm going to go back and they're going to say I'm done. And so, um, yeah. So that was probably the only time. I shots. For your shoulder? Yeah. Uh, multiple, multiple. Can we talk about that real quick? Multiple. Um, so it's like an aggressive, like an- essentially anti-inflammatory, right? Mm-hmm. Cortisone? Yep. But from what I understand, it deteriorates like tissues over time. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm not super Please familiar. Please avoid yeah. cortisone shots at all costs. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it all depends upon, I mean, I was in a position where I was a junior, I was training for tournaments, I was training for a national, like, you know, and so it was a, okay, let's try to get it back, but it just didn't work. And I got way too many and way too short of a time frame. But, I mean, and, and it didn't work, obviously. I need a shoulder replacement surgery now, which... Eventually, I'll go bionic. And, yeah, and personally, yeah, eventually I'll be and this could be biased, or I just I really don't recall a lot of stories with juniors or adults where they haven't got a cortisone shot, and unless they really fix the core problem, it doesn't come back. It no. turns into like, oh, you just get this one, and it fixes it, and the person comes back and like, yeah, this is great, and then like literally two or three months later, like. I think I got to go in and get another yeah. one. And That's I'm like, my experience oh, in general. yeah, I just have not heard of someone going, yeah, I just got one and everything is awesome. I'm fixed. Playing five times a week. Woo-hoo, and no, yeah, no problem. Now yeah. there is, I think there is a, a certain things where you have like cysts in your wrist or something like that, where sometimes cortisone can help okay. and can, if you take the amount of rest and do the physical therapy and stuff along with it, then I've seen, things that happen yeah. in a good way but, but the shot on its own is not yeah. right the and problem I, with cortisone is that people get it like i did where it's like you just get it and then you go out and you play like the next day yeah. and then you're like okay yeah. i feel great but you don't really and then yeah. it just it's not a holistic but, yeah. like solution it's no. just like and the, i think the, the other problem with it is so instant gratification like <laughs> oh fix you mean oh you still want me to do this i feel good i don't need to do those stretches or workout or you know and so yeah. people just forget about it and they're like well i'm fixed yeah. until the next time all right let's talk about prevention here what what for each of us has helped <sighs> the most 
And it could be specific or it could be general. Um, that's right. right. I, I think um, number one, stretching properly. And number two, doing something that's cross-training. Um, whether And I think yoga and swimming are really, really, really good because they work all different parts of the body in different ways than tennis. I think a lot of times if you just do running and tennis or something like that that are yeah. two battling the concrete, then sometimes it's not as helpful. Um, you get this image of someone like punching the concrete. <laughs> battling. But I Goggins. think that... <laughs> I'm going to beat you. <laughs> But I think that um, I think that's probably the biggest thing is find two oppo- like find something that's kind of the opposite of tennis that really lengthens your muscles and does mm. different things than tennis doesn't lengthen your muscles. Yeah, <laughs> tennis makes them as tight as humanly possible. Um, and and like a cycling is another one that people say are really, like my. Doctor always said um, cycling is really good for your hamstrings mm. because you Get actually use yeah, you actually use your hamstrings a lot more, um, and then that helps prevent back injuries. Mm. That helps you know a lot of tennis players' backs are caused from um, unless you have like a specific injury. Like a lot of the tightness and stuff is caused from underdeveloped hamstrings, um, and so that in and of itself, like doing biking and yoga, lengthening and, and stretching and swimming, swimming's great too, um, are all really good things. You just brought up a really good point that I was, until I got hurt really bad, I didn't really understand how interconnected everything is in the body and the whole concept or idea of, sure, my pain is coming from here, Mm. but it's because of this upstream is tight because of this other thing, mm-hmm. like over a little ways. And there's this whole like chain reaction of, of pain. Yeah. That was uh, huge for me too. But it's, it's dis it's, um, not disconnected, but it's, um, removed from like the sort, like the source of the pain is removed from the actual problem. And that's something that I didn't understand until pretty recently. And so, things like yoga and just treating your body as a whole like well um i just can't you know emphasize enough because everything it really is connected Mm. and a lot of my body or my back issues um were because of what was going on and other part my my hamstrings my Mm -hmm. legs um were incredibly tight and my shoulders are chronically incredibly tight well what's in between my hamstrings and my shoulders Mm mm-hmm your neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so so Just it's causing a, a tremendous amount of strain. It's still something like if I don't work on that, you know, multiple times a week, then it's not going to just magically like feel good. I did decades of like trying to be good at a sport that that trained overtrained certain parts of my body and now I pretty much have to use the rest of my life to try to counterbalance that and that's just kind of the reality of of pursuing uh, any any sport i always think if you want to go see how what muscles are super tight go to a massage therapist and just ask them like what you know have them crank on everything right (laughs) when we were in hawaii and we had that lady cancel and then i went she was like your feet are really bad. Your hamstrings are really bad. Your back's really bad. Your butt's really bad. Your shoulders are really bad. Like she was I feel like, like for tennis players, it's like everything. Yeah, on the back, yeah, yeah, the back for sure. The like yeah. she and I was like, yeah, okay, thanks. You know, like, um, but yeah, 
I mean, there's a lot of like the high level juniors. We had them on a regiment of yoga twice, once to twice a week, a massage every week, like certain specific things to keep their bodies in line with how much intense work they were doing. Because if you do, like you said, all this intense work and then you end up doing something stupid, like injuring yourself like I did, then it's all lost and you don't really realize it until it's all gone. Like, I, I mean, I injured myself because I didn't tell my coach that I was injured. And then I played through the injury, which is yeah. stupid. Retrospect, I know that that's stupid. Don't leave a comment telling me how that's stupid. Megan <laughs> <laughs> will come find you. <laughs> so, but, you know, like, I understand that was not the smartest thing to do. But I was young and I was training for a big tournament. And, um, that in my mind was way more important than my yeah. shoulder hurting. And then it ended up like yeah, fight through the pain. Right. And then it ended up hurting myself to where I literally spent a year flying around the world, trying to change it. And there was just nothing. And mm -hmm. so I had to quit playing. And so, you know, I mean, it, in retrospect, yes, like co early, like Kevin was saying, to find someone that can help you. But I think it's finding that balance of listening to your body. I mean, if you're hurt, do something that's going to help you and do the prevention in between. We weren't doing all the prevention that people know about now. Like there wasn't people doing yoga 15 years ago. I don't feel like there weren't people. Be well, girl. I mean, yeah, that's right. Watch the documentary. <laughs> but I mean, like there weren't a lot of tennis players doing yeah, a lot oh, of oh, yoga totally. unless it, they it were doing it and nobody the... really knew about it because yeah. I think a lot of situations that. are like that in the sense where people find an edge and they kind of keep it themselves. And the other thing is like, I feel like it's things like that were on the fringe a little bit of like, why are you doing yoga? It was like it's like hippy like, dippy. Yeah. Like, it's like the first generation age, of tennis players like, to start working out. I was like, Dude, you totally you look yeah. like you're working out. Stop like, trying so hard. Much? Yeah, you're <laughs> trying really hard. Um, but I think, yeah, and then yoga came along, and people are like, that's just a girly thing. You do some yoga. Um, I 100% think just yoga. I'm an extreme fan of doing yoga. I love yoga. Um, when I started really, really getting to yoga, it's like I just completely noticed the amount of pains, um, injury, everything just like, instantly started decreasing because I just, I spent a lot of time doing it. Um, I think the other thing like Ian was saying, and just I'll compound on that is just understanding about your body. I think, um, I went through entire summer of where my knee was just completely jacked. Like I was like, up, oh, um, I literally was hopping around and I read this book and I was like, well, if your knee's hurting, it's probably in your cause or your calves. And I started literally, and it was just like woke me up. Literally, I took what he said. He was like, "Just get a bar." And was it Kelly Starrett by chance? Uh, supple, supple, supple yeah. yeah, I have that book. And anytime it's something hurts, it's a great hurts, book, yeah. actually. If anyone, I was going to say that. Was yeah. it su uh, supple, supple leopard? He's got a new one, I think. Does he? He's got, a, I guess, a new edition of the original one. And his YouTube I feel like channel every is incredible. athlete should read and go through. You don't yeah. even have to like read it. No, you, you don't. just go through and pick out what yeah. you need. But it's a really great book. But I think not only that, because literally it was like I took a bar. I did this like under my, my calf and, two, and literally within five minutes, my knee loosened up. I was like, I went through an entire year. Focused on your knee. Focused on my <laughs> knee and yeah. doing all these things. And it was like, it wasn't that. The other thing I, I really love about the book is that he, um, he talks a lot about, I think, um, like posture and how to do things because 
with incorrect, I messed up my um, my chest. Said I, was <laughs> yeah. I messed up my chest doing dips because I was like at the time I would work out a lot and I was doing like weighted dips where I'd have like maybe like ninety five pounds doing dips, but I have my shoulders forward mm. and just tore my chest apart where I couldn't do it. And then I didn't realize what happened. And I was like, now it's like anytime I'm doing anything, it's like the short. And so I think just having some basic knowledge and yoga is really good about that. I I. I started to realize the connection between when like a yoga teacher comes around and they're yeah. pushing your body in certain positions. You're like, dude, what are you doing? And then like reading his book, it was like, oh, this totally makes sense how your body's supposed to be in alignment. And it, I think a lot of people hear that like phrase, your body's not in alignment. You're like, what do you mean? I'm standing up. But they don't realize those, they don't feel or realize <laughs> those subtle things about how your hips are supposed to be, how your, your back is supposed to be in those feelings. Because yeah. we just kind of like, even like we're all sitting here in the chair before I said, like, and you it's kind of like tennis just technique. We take it for granted. Like, oh, I can hit a forehand over yeah. the net, so how yeah. bad could it be? Yeah. Like, yeah, I can sit in a chair. I can exactly. get up out of the chair. So. But the subtle differences of properly sitting in a chair, nobody properly really does. standing up. <laughs> yeah. And until you know that, you can't kind of guard against that. But I, I 100% think things that, promote alignment, promote balancing out your body, like Megan was talking about, and also getting a little bit more educated, just a little bit more educated about like how your body's supposed to be positioned for optimal performance uh, is huge. I do think, though, just as a disclaimer, you can get hurt in yoga, too. Like, oh, make yeah. sure that you're going to a place that's going to help you with the positions. And it's not just like a huge class where you just sit in the back mm. and you're doing all the things wrong. Because you can get injured in anything where you're moving and doing stuff like oh, that yeah. as well. So, just, and I think that's the, my... The other thing about yesterday. yoga, I think when people go to yoga, just as kind of a secondary disclaimer, is that, at least for me, I think when you go to a yoga class and you're you're new at it, I think there's this feeling of especially judgment around like, okay, dude, they hit that pose. How do I get back? I still and, do that uh, yeah, 10 years first. later. And Don't I think worry. <laughs> when you, if you find a good place, they'll explain to you just like, it's, it's a practice and it's a personal practice and that you're trying to do the best you can do. And with time through the, like the journey of yoga, you become better, but it's a personal practice of like, exploring your body to whatever level it can be explored at that time. And then you continually work towards things. And when you understand that, I went from like being decently flexible to pretty, pretty flexible when I was like doing it a lot. And then you just see how like you just do the best you can. I think a lot of people, when they go into yoga, they're like, okay, I'm going to be this yoga ninja and I'm going to be like touching. Yeah. It's a contest. And it's totally, I'm a yoga ninja. Megan is a yoga ninja. Um, And yeah, if you yoga go into it like that, you will injure yourself uh, <laughs> trying to be a yoga ninja. Uh, again, that, that book is Supple Leopard by Kelly Starrett. That's S-T-A-R-R-E-T-T. Golden. Yeah, it's a great book. 4.8 out of 5 stars, 1,531 reviews on Amazon. Just a couple. That's a crap load of yeah. Amazon reviews. Yeah, highly recommend checking that out as well. It's a big book. So it's like a textbook, basically. Yeah, yeah it's it a is. textbook, but it's like it's like tall. You get that. It's like the only your... book you and I, I think, ever had in common. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, any other book? Yeah, guess, there's a couple books. Maybe a couple, but like that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> books we have in common. Any? Uh, I feel like we've we've done a pretty good job of getting started here. Obviously, there's more to talk about, but but. We've we've covered a lot. Any anything that we have not talked about yet, you guys think is important to throw in before we sign off? 
And if you're listening right now and you'd like us to go deeper into any of these kind of subcategories, definitely send us an email. Let us know. Uh, that email address is support at essentialtennis.com. Anything else? I think one thing for me, and my, I don't know if we might have touched on it. I think we focus so much on like, okay, I'm injured. Let's go do something about it. And I think the more as I've gotten older, it's about prevention. So instead of thinking like, okay, I'm injured now. I need to go do some yoga. It's like start doing this stuff now. Like whatever, wherever you are, if you're, not, if you're not injured right now, that's the perfect time to do it. Because you, I think you get so much more benefit out of starting these practices now before you get injured compared to most people just like, well, I'm fine. I don't, you know, I haven't had an injury and the next week you get injured and you're like, oh, oh, let's watch that. Let's watch that podcast again. And so I think it's just really important to have the attitude of like, it's a life you're, you only have one body and the longer we live, the more we uh, do things you're, you're just putting more. <laughs> Megan has three lives, by the way. The, the more stress, just natural stress. Of, of three Megans <laughs> just sitting across the table from me. <laughs> All plotting different ways to kill me. Yeah. She's like, I have three times to kill you. <laughs> but I think the, the, the more you kind of focus on what can I do as a daily practice before you even get injured is, is ginormous. So if you can just start doing something today and not wait till the time that you're injured, I think it's like a, a huge benefit. Yeah, even if it's just stretching. I, I mean, stretching before you play and stretching after you play. If that's the minimum, that's 10 times better than doing yeah. nothing. If you're not doing that, you're just asking for it. Yeah. 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 Uh, just one more thing I'll really quickly highlight one more time, and that is just the concept of personal responsibility. And all three of us at, at one point talked about taking ownership for educating yourself, for get it, for receiving feedback from different sources, trying different things and like seeing what works for you. Um, I think all those things are really important once you are injured, but yeah, I couldn't agree, you know, strongly enough about the, the, uh, just kind of day to day, you know, lifestyle of it, I guess yeah. of just like taking care of yourself. Cause I remember when I was a junior and people were like, dude, you need to stretch. You're like, I'm young. I can yeah, just get out there. Yeah, totally. And then you get injured and you're like, Oh, I need, I, I need to stretch. I better stretch. Then you like try to hide it because yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you were like that invincible guy for however many yeah. years. And, and then you kind of get over the injury. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm done. I don't need to stretch anymore. Yep. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. The good old days. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, this was helpful. If you have any, any feedback, thoughts, or so, different elements or topics that we did touch on that you'd, you'd like more information on, we can always circle back and, and go deeper into a lot of these different areas of getting hurt or what and books if we, we like if i don't know when this is coming out probably later today oh, oh wow. okay so we might see you again before christmas oh yeah wow. yeah if you're listening in december 2019 uh, ha- uh, happy holidays and i'll be out of town for a little while but we've discussed maybe doing a remote uh, episode i don't know we'll see yeah. i'm taking no. a mic with me anyway because i'm i'm gonna do some podcasts while i'm i'm gonna be out in california doing some coaching and getting some vitamin d Vitamin D. Anything else? Can you bring but some vitamin D back? Sure, I'll, okay. I'll bring you some uh, little jar capsules. of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> no capsules. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but anyway, uh, the reason why Megan brings that up is if we don't do a remote episode, it's going to be a couple weeks 
but thanks for everybody who's been downloading uh, faithfully. Appreciate it. And we've been hearing a lot of yeah, great things, feedback yeah. from people, Thank you. which is great. So thanks for listening. It's great anybody listens to us talk. And uh, <laughs> we appreciate it a lot. Uh, we'll keep working hard to, to create engaging, entertaining, and also helpful uh, content here on the Shankcast. Thanks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you, Christmas. <laughs>